We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Mini rant coming your way. I just saw a Mitsubishi Outlander Sport. Okay. At the airport. I was coming back from the airport today. Yes. Returning and waiting in the car pickup line and a Mitsubishi Outlander Sport just pulled in right in front of me. Okay. And I noticed on the front quarter panel just behind the front wheels Mm -hmm. is the same chrome little dongle Uh that was on the, whatchamacallit, the Evo 10. They used to have a side marker. like a truckload of these things and they're trying to use these things up? I think what happened is they designed all their cars with a side turn signal marker that was a certain shape. Well, clearly they've they've got the punch out in the sheet metal. Exactly. The punch for the which which Euro existed on the marker. Evo up until the last year, and then they took it off for whatever reason, and they had to replace it with a little chrome, stupid. They, it looks like looks like an Oldsmobile shape. Yes, on its, its sides. And now the it's 60s on, Oldsmobile. And now it's on everything that Mitsubishi makes randomly in the middle of the quarter panel. It's like here's our new car with all the old trim from the past cars because we have <laughs> boxes know. of them sitting in the back no storeroom and we need to get rid of them. No idea. Can't tell you. These are things that only you and I will notice, and all of uh, our uh, sharp eyes. All, all of you that now are listening yes. are going to look. Notice you're going you're to find now. those. Yeah. If you go shopping, well, let's well, see. You're, you're not going to find yourself in the Mitsubishi dealership. <laughs> so somehow, if you find yourself in the situation, I'll leave it at that. Point it out to the Mitsubishi salesperson and just along these lines, give them a little bit. Right? My just, car's a 2010 and still has the the actual <laughs> light side marker. It actually has the light still versus the Oldsmobile symbol randomly stuck on the Mitsubishi. That's how you should have pointed out to the Mitsubishi dealer. Why do you guys have an Oldsmobile logo exactly. on the side of your car? What's that doing there? That'll be funny. Yeah, that, that conversation won't go too well. But, you know, again, you wouldn't find yourself in the Mitsubishi dealership on a Saturday morning because I was trying to do the profiling of who who buys this car, and I, are, I still can't decide They are selling enough to stay in the States. I mean, they've got the financial backing now from yeah. the Renault-Nissan partnership because Mitsubishi, have you seen the new logo? It's actually intertwined the, the tri-diamond uh, logo is actually intertwined in the corporate logo so that they're kind of part mm-hmm. of the family but they're like 21% of the family <laughs> or whatever. 1%. <laughs> you were 18, now you're 21. You're going up in the world. You're it's going enough. all the right way. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for being back with us. Oh, by the way, you guys have made me laugh <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. last podcast I mentioned hey, it'd be really cool. I was just being you know, just being goofy. Wouldn't it be really cool <laughs> if you guys get us past a thousand reviews and it happened later that day. Fantastic. Very, very thank cool. Thank you, guys. I actually checked earlier today and was like, oh my gosh, we blew past a thousand. So oh, you guys made you. me laugh. Thank also, you. other things you made me laugh, uh, the, we just had the K-Car episode. <laughs> yes, yes. On Motor Trend. And we have gotten both responses. Love it and hate it. I, I actually love that it's just garnered response. Thank you guys for watching. That's coming to Amazon soon. I'm really just intrigued that is those cars because on one hand, the argument is you can't buy those in the States. Well, the other argument is Indeed, you can because yeah. the importer, Sotomoto, yeah. imports them, and so you can in a very low, tiny way. Totally. Well, but I think I think you either look at it and go, "Oh, that's funny," or you look at it and go, "Oh, that's stupid." Both of which are valid, by the mm-hmm. way. So yes. it's an interesting yes. discussion we have on K Cars. Plus, you get to watch me play Sasquatch. It's it's a fun little Bigfoot <laughs> moment for me. So uh, that happens, and that'll be on Amazon soon. Actually, there was a question about all of this content that's currently playing on Motor Trend. By the way, early Saturday morning, it is still more. More content coming, but uh, when is all of that going to be available on Amazon for you in the U.S. and U.K. and Vimeo for the rest of the world? Uh, two or three weeks into March, mm-hmm. I, yes. I can't quote an actual date yet. That's going to depend on Amazon's process.
processing. They're a big monolith, so we have to wait on them. Lots but, of processing. But in March, for sure. And uh, by the way, welcome to March. So there you go. Yeah, no kidding. The next episode for television is the... Uh, no, it's the uh, Grios piece. It's the, uh, yes. the cool couple of cars that we pulled out of the Grios Motors collection. While we got all our gear stolen. It, it's, it's, yeah. it's a dramatic piece. It's like a dramatic reading. Yeah. Now this, I'm excited for all y'all's feedback. There, I did it. It's the mm. collective we, the royal we. It means everyone inclusive in and out of the room. You really went with all y'all. I wow. did. I'm okay. not texting yeah. and I, I did it. But I'm just, I'm curious on people's reactions for this piece because it yeah, is so different fun. for us. It is. And it was very much a, uh, the events in my life have lined up to this. Yeah. Well, and plus, cool. it was a fight all the way through yeah, post-production. I mean, for sure. I haven't even shared all of the story and I won't get into all of it. But literally, guys, this is the piece that we shot, that we shot on borrowed gear. Yeah. And then yeah. post-shooting it, files corrupted. So, I mean, it just like kept having issues all the way to delivery. It's delivered now. So unless, I don't know, Motor Trend blows up, you're going to, which, you know, with this episode, I, I, everything, everything's possible. Until, Until you guys you have actually see seen it, it right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Oh but but it is a very cool piece. That's that's happening. We also have a uh, CUV piece coming up and also the Return to the Lemons Racing is our episode seven. So those are all inbound uh, before the month is out. I'm very excited about all of them, which also means I am finishing season four. Yes. Good thing, because in like a week, we're starting to shoot season five. Can you believe it? Yeah. And yeah, my audio towards the end of that piece is a little bit sketchy, but that was, again, due to the piece. So it's all in keeping with the theme yeah. there. File corruption madness. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoy it. And thanks to Griot's Garage and Covercraft yeah. for sponsoring yeah. this TV season. Covercraft is our title headline sponsor. And by the way, for both companies, you can use the code every day for 10% off. Mm-hmm. Easy. Done. Great stuff from them. Also, you guys are responding the stuff on our store. By the way, the vinyls are doing really well. Oh, yeah. Those yeah, are yeah. fun. And I actually really That's like cool. having one on both my cars. Uh, my my wife actually said to me, uh, you could put one on my car if you want, but you know that I sometimes road rage. And I said, you know what? I'm going to leave it off your car. Uh, I don't want to brand that. But anyway, so uh, but but if you would like to have an Everyday Driver logo uh, vinyl on the back of your car, that's actually available now. Go to everydaydriver.com, hit the store tab, that wind up on our Amazon page where those vinyls are there. And a lot of you guys have responded already, which is really, really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, we've got a pretty fun topic Tuesday that correlates directly with the car debate. Mm -hmm. The topic Tuesday is from John Glass writing in early January and says, at what point do you add a car? Sure. When you sure. go from one to two or two to three, what, when do you add a car? How do you decide? How do you come mm, to this decision? Interesting. Making? Okay, unpack it a bit. What is the decision tree? We're going to whiteboard that out for you, John. This podcast, we're going to actually make flow charts and bubble graphs no, we're not. and end up with a pie chart, and then you will know at what percentage none of, of none your of that income you can dive in. Uh, we have that. We also have a cool car debate after the break for Dave writing to us from Connecticut. But before all of that, we should talk about this email that we got. Yeah, we should. Carl is writing about the father-in-law driving episode, which you guys heard. And we we spoke about how do you approach the older people in your lives. And when you're starting to notice mm-hmm. problems in their driving, how yes. do you approach them gently, tactfully, and help them either improve or start to shy away from the driving need and how yeah, you replace it yeah. in their lives. And so Carl wrote back to us with this. He uh, He's apparently not driving after dark anymore and is only driving to his part-time job, which is a mile or two up the road. Yeah. So they're meeting for dinner, uh, the Carl and his family, and they're, they're continuing to discuss this. And ultimately what it is, is an ongoing discussion. Completely, yeah. Carl, thanks for writing this. It's, it's good to hear the updates. And by the way, guys, we are going to start doing more updates, but please tell us what you bought. 
so we can do the yeah, updates because actually people are wondering yeah, and there true. is some follow up but I agree sometimes it's not till one or two or three months after sometimes, sometimes it could be longer you know what guys longer, something yeah. changed and I had to hold off the car purchase that's totally fine but if you get the chance drop us a line and we'd love to hear what you bought so it was cool that he wrote in but also the other thing that was funny about Carl is he said that we've, uh, we've affected him for the worst <laughs> he uh, he now uh, uses the phrase "room full of rakes." You're, uh, Which is I'm funny. sorry, and you're welcome, Carl, for that. And he also said that he had heard that we were talking about how Porsche is obsessed with the bottom of their shield pointing at the valve stem. Yes. So he went out to see if he could do this to his 2019 GTI. So we're 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 giving people the disease. We're making it worse. We really are. Yeah. I guess it's the t- the bottom of the V and the top of the W that you line straight up with a valve stem. I, I guess. I mean, because uh, generally, smile Carl, and this, nod. this was for the Porsche super freaks it's, among it's us. Smile and nod. The, yeah. The, the, the me's of the world. <laughs> well, okay. This. Well, while and, you're there, let's fine. Everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. else. That's All the Porsche funny. folks doing this. But yeah, yeah if, if uh, what other logos could we align? You know, <laughs> we could try. Just, you know, imagine the dotted line straight to the center line pointed at your valve stem. Uh, I'm horrified. But there it is. <laughs> I love that we're adding to your vernacular, too. Yes. All right. So let's get to the topic Tuesday here. This is, uh, again, from John G. writing to us. At what point do you make the choice of doing the two-car setup? Mm -hmm. And this is the commuter and fun car versus one car to do everything like a sports sedan. Now, he said, how do you split the budget? Do you pay, you know, examples, do you pay cash for the cheap commuter and do you finance the fun car? Or do you finance two decent but still (laughs) relatively inexpensive cars? Again, this is not the financial finance, finance your car podcast. We could justify that. We would just say finance it all. Just go huge. Yeah, it's terrible. Kaboom. Do it all. So depending on the need or do you just go for one nice all-around car to do everything for a budget of the two cars combined? Yeah. Yeah. Lots to unpack here. And I thought I'd just start by saying the obvious. It's different for everyone, of course. That's that's the huge thing is you have to look at your personal situation. <laughs> we should unpack some of the variables. But, I mean, everybody's going to calculate this differently for sure. Now, you all can feel free to scoff at me and kick dirt on my shoes, oh, okay. which is fine. That sounds like fun. What are we doing? It's, it's a mind shift. And, and mm-hmm. there's some people that they're already there, and yeah. they have yeah, yeah. lots of cars at an early age, which awesome. You mm-hmm. can get. Mm-hmm. There's other people who don't have that opportunity. Sure. I didn't have this opportunity in my life until I was 27. Yeah. Whether you yeah, consider yeah. that young or old for this particular opportunity, I, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I felt like, wow, I how did I get here? And it was a mind shift for me that I had a second real job. I was out of my first real job where they paid me with <laughs> more than just a pat on the hat, head and the, the attaboy, good job. Good job, Paul. You Thanks know. for coming in today. Thanks yeah. for doing such a great job and working your tail off. And I'd, I'd like to be paid not in meatballs with, with actual dollars. <laughs> could I? So I had had this Honda Accord, 92 Honda Accord EX. Remember the green that they came oh, in? Yeah. It was oh, almost yeah. Kelly green. Yep. Had that car with a tan interior since early college. There wasn't a reason to get rid of it. And so I was able to start scouting around. I had this second mm-hmm. real job working as a designer, doing all kinds of design work. And yeah, yeah. I had my eye and I found this Porsche 928 and I had it shipped. And I thought, what am I doing? I'm, I'm a baller. I'm having a car shipped. Holy <laughs> moly, who never am seen. I? I'm spending real money on a Porsche. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah, I yeah. couldn't believe it. And, and I thought, well, I, I can do it. Mm-hmm. I, all right. You know, I've budgeted this out and it was nineteen five. I paid nineteen thousand five hundred dollars and I financed about ten or so of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I had a pretty good down payment, almost half. But it was the headspace for me. And it that was the biggest step because I thought, wow, I've got two cars. What 
I, this is magical. <laughs> I have choice. <laughs> and it's along the lines of choice. Do you out there listening, do you own two toothbrushes? One for travel and one that stays in your drawer at home? Interesting point. Yeah. Interesting point. I mean, right. what yeah. do the people with multiple houses do? Do they just have two or three sets of clothes? And <laughs> I, I want to know. <laughs> problems we don't have, but th- these problems exist. I mean, problems. You can't see the air quotes, but problems. <laughs> exactly. These problems exist. Yeah. Like multiple watches. I have multiple watches, I, yeah. which I'm, I feel amazed and blessed. You have multiple and watches that I don't can. have one. I mean, that is, this is, this <laughs> is how different point. people are. No, no, no. You're, you're making the point ex- expertly. You're absolutely doing a great job. <laughs> but then I think I have, I have choice. Mm-hmm. I, how blessed and amazed am I to be able to have this choice. This is amazing. Sunglasses. I have multiple pairs of sunglasses. One sure. that's more dressy and sort of, that's what I wear wear with a suit and kind of mm-hmm. dressed up. But I would I wear the plastic wraparounds for a different day and, and the different pair for when we're shooting in case yeah. somebody sits on them or they get lost or stolen or whatever. All of the above. Yeah, it's a shoot day. I have multiple yeah. things. So just whatever it is, that product, and now extend that to cars. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. So again, this was my big mindset shift. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was every other category we're going to discuss, insurance and parking and space and income. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That almost was secondary to my headspace of, wow, I, I, I can do this. I, mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. I had to wrap my head around this and sure. allow myself sure. and give myself permission that, well, okay, I'm not being super crazy off off the ranch with my money. I'm still being okay, right? I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. doing this right, hopefully. But I'm a car enthusiast. And I think back, I wouldn't have changed this. Mm-hmm. I could have invested that half down payment, $10,000 in Apple and been doing pretty well at this point. Doing better, sure, yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm not a Made financial advisor, but I could have put that in the stock market. <laughs> but knowing how long it ago it was fine. when you bought it. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, got it. And yeah. by the way, I bought that 928 a month before September 11th, 2001. Wow, wow. Somebody yeah. right now is tracking what Apple's done in that time period, and they'll tell you how much money you would have I could have lost. made a bunch of money. Anyway, yeah, keep going. So sometimes it is a financial decision. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have to be able to afford it. But sure. what if, like John's asking, what if you've got the budget? How do you divvy up that budget to mm-hmm. feed both mm-hmm. the commute and then feed both the fun car? So it's, again, different for everybody because sure, sure, sure. how big is your commute? Long, short commute. Yeah, yeah. Is your commute changing? And sometimes the situation can now creep in because your mm-hmm. job is changing, your commute's mm-hmm. changing, you're totally. moving to totally. different city, you're closer to work, you're longer from work. Yeah. And then I can afford more. And you know what? I want to start getting into track time and I can afford tires. Well, I, I think I think you have to, before we get into the how the money goes, I, I want to speak from personal experience here because it's only been since the Lotus. I mean, granted, my wife and I have each always had a car, a whole marriage. We've always had two cars available. Mm-hmm. But it's only been since the Lotus that we've added a third car. Which Amazing. I have to admit, I mean, it's been the last couple of years, that seemed like insanity. As much as a car guy as I am, <laughs> from a budget perspective, I was like, we're going we're gonna to do, do what now? And, and I cool, am a guy. Honestly, yikes. I am a guy. Seriously, you brought up this, this whole question here, John, and I am a guy who generally would say, and I would say here on this podcast, have one car that does everything and you like it all the time. This is the, the core of the show. Have mm-hmm. a car you love mm-hmm. driving every day. That's where the title comes from for Absolutely. us. Okay. But what happened with me is I had that FRS, and I live here in snowy Utah. I had that FRS, and I had no problems driving that year-round. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And mm-hmm. I am a guy who mm-hmm. I want to drive a sports car year-round, not even rallied. I just want to drive the sports car year-round. Winter tires on it in the winter. Let's keep driving. Love it. Okay? But then I was actually, for the first time in my life, at a place where I was genuinely thinking about buying a Lotus Elise. 
Now, yeah. I've talked before about the fact that those cars, when you ding them front or rear, you are replacing half the car. They often get Sheesh. totaled for it. Yeah. Let's be honest. The winter is when time like that, stuff like that is more likely to happen. Also, if you're going to drive your sports car in the winter, I would genuinely advise that you're okay with the fact that it's going to get a little beat on, which I wasn't thrilled about with the Lotus. Right. And furthermore, I think you're better off if you have a limited slip diff when you're driving in the winter and you need to get out of, oh, darn, I got myself kind of stuck. Oh, wait, I'll power myself out. Limited slip diff helps you there. Lotus doesn't have one. Right. All of these things, I went, you know, as much as I am the guy that would drive this in the winter, I think I need to have an alternative car. Yeah. So yeah. that was what led me to buying something else. But because it's me, I didn't just buy a Corolla. I went and shopped. Wow. Okay, let's look at what my budget is. And at the time, look, when Spot the Mini came around, I had $5,000. What could I get for five grand? And I started looking. We've talked about this before. Under that price point, then discovered that minis were cheap and wound up in a mini, which I thoroughly enjoyed for a year until we raffled it. Hi, Evan. How are you? So, <laughs> so this is the progression. And now I'm thrilled to have the two cars. But I will say the other side of this, though, John, is the fact that right now it's driving me crazy that I can't drive the Lotus. I hate to own something I'm not using. True. And true. we are big, big proponents of the fact of if you have a car, drive it. So the, the biggest thing about having multiple cars is I think it only works. Look, I know there's there are those of you out there with the means to have many cars. And but I awesome. think Yes, for Love sure. It. For sure. And I'm jealous of you and I look forward to being you. <laughs> totally. But, <laughs> Drive your cars, by the way. But at the same time. I, I think it only works if you can actually look at your life and go, I will genuinely drive this. Otherwise you're buying just this big thing that sits in a corner. I mean, unless it is truly a collectible, I wonder what the folks who do have multiple cars. I mean, we're mm -hmm. talking more than Eight to ten cars in a the guys with collections. pretty good size collection. I don't yeah. know what the magic number is to quote unquote be a collection. Well, but here's the thing. I think but, it, wow. I think if you have, I, I'm going to put it here. I think if you have more cars than there are days of the week, you have a problem. Just as long as y'all don't start putting Monday on your license plate and Tuesday on your <laughs> license plate and Wednesday and but yeah. but honestly, because at that point now you in a calendar week can't even drive them all. Unless you're taking out one car in the morning and one car in the evening. Now, by the way, this is a problem I would embrace. I would embrace this I problem. I think all of us listening would embrace uh, but, this but, happily. But here's the thing. I essentially have cars for seasons and cars for purposes. My wife has mm -hmm. her Cayenne that she loves. I have a car for the summer months and a car for the winter months. Or a car for, oh, I need to haul a bike right now, so let's pull the winter car that's more utilitarian. But I make sure I drive them all. And I enjoy having things that are yeah. different enough that it feels like a different experience to hop in the other car. I mean, obviously, career-wise, it could be a realtor or uh, you know, a pharmaceutical rep where sure. you, maybe you have cars that you can either you know, write off as a tax write-off specifically for your work or you're provided a company car or maybe your company gives you a yeah, particular yeah, corporate yeah. pricing discount like X-Plan pricing or maybe you work sure, for an OEM sure, and you've sure. got A or B plan pricing, mm, something mm. like that. So yes, it, it definitely depends, but... I think um, for most of us, it's a it's a headspace decision to start to allow yourself to be able to divvy up a budget like mm -hmm. that. And so at this point, you've got to determine: Does my car need to not break down? I shouldn't just spend four grand on my commuter car and then spend thirty on my fun car, and mm. you know maybe it becomes too precious. So there is a balance for everybody. Sure, sure. You sure. want to make sure, as Todd said, you drive that fun car. It comes down to parking spaces, and you know mm -hmm. you're not just 
okay, I want it so badly, I'm willing to store it out on the street where it could get dings and yeah. you know sap and all yeah. that kind of stuff on it. Car cover from Covercraft, have to say it. Exactly. This is what's going to save you with that outdoor car. Anyway, go on. Absolutely. Maybe you've got a carport space, so yeah. you can fit yeah, two yeah. in there. Maybe you sell a bunch of your junk, and now you can fit a second car in there. Look, we had more space in the garage than I realized. I got rid of all your stuff. Wait, no, no, no. Exactly. I got rid of all my stuff. Don't sorry, do that. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. The junk paid for the down payment on my new... No, wait. Yeah. Careful. Anyway, so also is uses. Uh, tracking, autocross, as I mentioned, canyon driving, and suddenly... You've moved to a different place, and you can start getting the use out of it. Fair. Which is fair. great. Yeah. And I also want to talk about insurance. Sometimes you can get the two-car or multiple-car discount. Yeah, a lot of times, yeah. And for many of you who have written to us, you've got multiple cars. You've had multiple cars, and it just fits. So you've got a couple of you know good ones, and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. your wife has something, and... You know, or maybe you both have two or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So there's many scenarios and in a lot of emails that I read. And then finally are the running costs, tires and fuel. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure to be able to budget that in and maintenance and wrenching proclivities. Because keep in mind, can you do any work yourself? Mm. But I liken it to multiple pairs of shoes. We all have multiple pairs of shoes. We have multiple televisions. I mean, yeah, yeah all no these kind of things. Yeah, Probably, sure. yeah, TVs. People have more TVs than they know what to do with. Mm-hmm. But multiple pairs of shoes means no one pair of shoe shoes gets worn out very quickly. Yeah, yeah. So you have them longer. Mm-hmm. Think of, you know, you've got two cars now, John, and you've got different fuel levels in both cars. So you're not always buying a tank of gas every week for that car because that one sits. So Possibly, yeah. Kind of in a way you're saving fuel, but not really. You're just <laughs> you're just spreading out, spreading the cost. out. <laughs> kind of are, but it feels like you're saving gas because I haven't put gas in that car forever. <laughs> exactly. Haven't driven it in two months, but anyway, yeah, it feels that it's way. It's, it's perception. So all these things are going to have to be evaluated. And then regarding your questions about how do you you know split up the budget, mm-hmm. divvy up the, mm-hmm. the dollars, it comes down to what are your uses. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I would like to generally think like a 50-50, 60-40 is. S- Keep it fairly equal somewhere in there, but sometimes you can justify spending more well, on the fun car. I did more on the fun car because I knew that the winter car is going to get beat on. Exactly. So, and, yeah. and also speaking to your discussion further, the winter car for me, and again, I'm thinking about winter car versus summer car, which is a different headspace than commuter car versus fun car. Very I true. I think if it's commuter car versus fun car, you probably need to put more money, I think, into your commuter because it always has to run. Probably so. And then your fun car needs to run on the weekend, okay? But I think in my situation, the winter car I know is going to get beat on. So I try to just pay that one off and not have it on financing if I can or have it on very minimal financing. So I've paid off most of it and know that it – I am – I'm upside, not upside down on it. I'm right side up. So the car is theoretically worth more than I have to pay it off. Right, right. Right away. And if it gets beat up, okay. And and it's a – uh, not a f- hard and fast number, but roughly 25% of my car budget is my winter car because it's going to get beat on. That leads 75% for fun, which is why I have a Lotus Elise. So that, but that's my <laughs> yeah. equation. If I were in Los Angeles where I was commuting every day and I had two cars. Now in LA, I just had one car. But if I were commuting every day, I would probably spend closer to 50-50. Because would I, you? I, want, I would okay. want the car that I was commuting in. It'd have to be a nice place to be. Sure. It couldn't sure. be. I'm willing to take sacrifices on the winter car because I'm just glad I can get the door closed and the heater works. And I'm kind of done. You know. But if it's L.A. and you're sitting on the 405, it needs to feel like a nice place to sit for a while. 
Very true. And sometimes you might want to just say, budget? What's a budget? I don't care. I'm just <laughs> That's our financial <laughs> advice on this podcast. Everyday driver, blow all the money. <laughs> What's yeah. a budget? No, I think this does justify, actually, for a lot of people, the $5,000 car, which you've heard Todd and I rant against okay. for your only car. But if it's a fun car, like a $5,000 Miata, sure. I do think that justifies. If you've got most of your budget in the car that does everything, and it's got to sure. run, and it takes sure. the family around, and gets me to work and back, but then I've spent five, six, eight grand on mm-hmm. something that, okay, she's a little rough, but... I'm going to put, you know, some more money towards her and get her running again yeah. and get her running smooth and all that kind of stuff. I do think that warrants and justifies spend a little bit less on that fun car as you get into the tracking and yeah. you know, spending yeah, yeah. consumables and that kind of stuff. I think you can go cheaper on the fun car. I think you can. The the, the thing I like about that is you're going to be less likely to be precious. The thing that concerns True. me if you have a weekend car you're putting money toward, if you put most of your money toward the weekend car, I think you're going to be less uh, prone to actually drive it like it should be driven because you've got a lot more money on this thing that is an occasional thing and it becomes like your super nice pair of shoes that you wear twice a year. I have those pair of shoes. I'm sure you do. I don't. But, I mean, if I could wear sneakers all the time, every every now and then we'll be going to a nice dinner. My wife is like, sneakers? I'm like, yeah, it's snowing outside. I have my Gore-Tex sneakers on. I'm going to go in these. Of course, she's got, like, shoes, like, wall of shoes. She does. Wall of shoes. She does. So, anyway, this is how how people are different. But but I do think this is a concern that gets into the preciousness discussion. Yeah. I feel okay spending more money on the Lotus because, ultimately, I don't – typically have as much of a this is a precious car to me problem i just want to go out and drive it oh look it got nicked i don't love that but this is what it's for True. But the problem is if you're spending True. a lot of your car budget on a car that you barely got into and it's your car for fun occasions i think you're going to be more likely to go i can't really take that right now so that's why i like mm. your equation of mm. you know what i just bought it it's a fifteen thousand dollar frs i've got my fifty thousand dollar commuter over here i'm just making sure. up numbers sure but fifteen thousand dollar frs if that gets dinged Bummer, it's a Toyota. Let's just go drive it for fun. Yeah, I like that. John, I hope this helps. I hope this helps on your own decision-making. You don't exactly tell us where you're at, but hopefully this does relate. And thanks for your Topic Tuesdays, guys. If you do have a Topic Tuesday you'd like us to rant on or actually just discuss calmly. Or just go around in circles and not really solve anything. But boy, it's fun. That's really where we are. Exactly. Please write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or under the About tab on the website, everydaydriver.com. You can hit the Contact button, and a lot of you have. So thanks for your thoughts and comments and ongoing questions, ongoing car debates as well, which we will get to right after this. We all have a lot of to-do lists, and some of them get quite long. You know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk, Here's an idea, though. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save, you've heard it before, 15% or more on your car insurance. Extra money in your pocket? This just may be the most rewarding to-do thing on your list today. For our car debate, we're talking about Dave's question coming to us from Connecticut, and he is doing the reverse of our Topic Tuesday. Look what just (laughs) happened. He's thinking about replacing two sports cars with one car, and he's asking us how to compress the world. But here's the thing I find about the most interesting about this. He's a car guy. He has multiple cars in his garage at one time. True. So his wife has an Audi Q5, so problem solved. Right. They have a three-month-old baby girl. Congratulations. I'm sure she's adorable. So now you're you're looking as 
young parents do about, huh, I got to change some things. Uh, Dave has three cars at his disposal. <laughs> okay, three. Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. we have the 2004 Honda Accord that's not going anywhere that solves the all-purpose commute duty. It's there. Right, right. Then he has the very tuned Audi S4 and the equally tuned, or maybe even more tuned, 2013 Mustang GT. 450 wheel horsepower in the Mustang. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah, and and, uh, stage two APR tune on the Audi. It's making about 400 horsepower as well. Fun cars in this stable. What I like about this, though, is my favorite thing about this, Dave, is that the Accord, you say, is staying which gives you all kinds of flexibility for what we get in replacement of two other cars. Crazy. This is good. I uh, I just wanted to mention Dave is uh, in Connecticut. 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 C- Connecticut. Connecticut. <laughs> sure. I'm Isn't gonna... that that Lego competitor? Anyway, that's a separate thing. <laughs> right. He works for Pratt & Whitney as a machinist and fabricator for the F-119 engines, which go on F-22 Raptor military fighter jets. Wow. You, That's pretty cool. You know stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing you could do basic stuff on your cars. Probably could. He's thinking he doesn't. Well, now he's got, got a little, that little whole parenting thing happen. You don't want to get lost in the garage, but he certainly could True. work on his car. Yeah. Well, yes, he's a new parent, but, you know, he's got to have something fun mm-hmm. to get away and uh, go clear the head. I, I totally get that. I'm wondering, with this long list of very diverse cars in your previous history, which yes. is huge. By the time I was 28, I owned three cars. Mm-hmm. I just kept them through school, and I just drove them into the ground. But congratulations. Uh, there yeah. are, there are. hang on, hang on. One, two, three, four, five, six. I know this is riveting. Stay with me. Six Acura Integras in his history. Six different... <laughs> Acura Integra's in his history. Clearly, yeah. Dave likes Acuras. Uh, there's Hondas on here. There's a GMC Jimmy. There's uh, more Hondas, more Hondas, a couple of BMWs, lots of Mustangs, lots of Audis. Uh, wow. I, six different Integra's. Clearly, Dave Ooh. likes Integra's. Yeah. But if we sell both these cars with what those cars are worth, plus what Mustang. he can bring, yeah. he thinks he's got about fifty grand for a single car. Lovely. Which is very good. Yeah, he has uh, considered himself a Mustang guy, which he says makes the 2016-2017 GT350 sort of the top contender. I can see that you would probably love that car. He needs the car to be manual. He says practically every car he's owned was manual, but this is a secondary car for fun only. Agreed, which why not make it a manual? That's what I love about the Honda Accord staying, by the way. There's just <laughs> all kinds of room to run. Yeah, yeah, just commuter car. He's got that covered. He is also considered the M2, the M4, and a Cadillac CTS-V. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. I am wondering... Dave, if you are a contender for the moment in time cars, Uh the years 2011 to 2012 with some of the greatest hits cars in that era that we've named because Mm. you've got the Honda Accord. Yep. This is 50 grand on one of those cars. And here they are. I found you a white 2012 Porsche Cayman R in Atlanta, Georgia, manual Mm. 53,000 miles at bang on 50 grand. Really? Oh, couldn't a nice believe car. it. That's a nice car for the money. Yeah. Yeah. That that would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Because my headspace was in 911, and I thought, okay, but something special. So it's almost my headspace for you is not the car that will make you happy, but the car that will keep 
you happy. Interesting. Okay. Because he's had so many of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's had so many Integras. <laughs> We're not. Get, by the way, no Honda products will be discussed at this. You've got that covered. Other than your your court is the end of the Integra yes. line. Yeah. Yes. Well, I I thought of also the special car, the 2011 1M. Yes. Only yes. built for one one year. The cheapest I could find on that was fifty seven or fifty eight thousand dollars. They're going back up. Yeah. <laughs> they bounced at about forty five, and they're going back. I up. know. I know. So I, I didn't get have forty five when they were forty five, but I really wanted one. No, yeah. I get why you're considering the M two, but what if staying with this, yeah, this yeah, yeah. greatest mm-hmm. generations era, the moment in time here, and just to acknowledge your Acura love. I found you Acura NSXs Did you? for forty-five to fifty k. They're out Many there, of them. and they're very pretty. And if you've got fifty to justify, I'm going to push on that a little bit because mm-hmm. you know an NSX, and that would put a nice little bow on your Acura ownership. Yes, it would. That that would that I hadn't thought about that. You're right. That's a compelling compelling car. I there, mean, for first sure, gen for sure. an NSX that is genuinely yeah, a fun yeah, car. Yeah. And should you need it, it keeps it. You know, you've got the Accord. Now you've got the supercar. <laughs> yeah. Should you need to go get milk or formula or diapers or anything? Yes. And it's just you, and it's two in the morning. You can still take the Honda. <laughs> you can exactly. You've I'm gonna, t- honey. I'm taking the Honda. But which one? Exactly. <laughs> oh, that one. Oh, Got it. gotcha. <laughs> That's what the NSX was all about. You could drive it like, like an Accord. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For whatever your needs are, and I'll bet you you take the long way. Even though on the yeah. way home you need to get home quickly to. Deliver the whatever you yeah. need. Yeah. Just saying. There you go. I like just wonder. Like it. These three, because again, I come to not just cars you can consider, but specific models. Not yeah. just a yeah, one yeah, series. What, what about the 1M? Not just any old Cayman. How about a Cayman R mm. from that okay. beautiful era? Wow, you're right. That's a great era. Honing Fantastic. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the M2 or M4 you're discussing here, even though I think you'll like the M2 more just because it's smaller. You mentioned this Cadillac CTSV. Why not the ATSV? Oh, good point. I mean, the CTSV is a it's a, like a big sedan, which led me further down the discussion here, Dave. And that is, you have the Accord. Mm-hmm. Why even consider big sedans here? That's a great point. I mean, yeah, the CTSV is is a genuinely big car. It it, it far outweighs your Accord. It's a big car. It's a powerful car. Fun How much car. does your car weigh? I one and three quarter Accord. Seriously, it's just about. Okay. But ATSV, maybe ATSV Coupe. Those are pretty cool looking. I, yeah. I don't know why the ATSV isn't in here, but I I headed for full on sports cars. Good because Good. why not? You can. I love that NSX. By the way, I don't know, like the twenty eleven. Nice little topper on the yes. Acura Integra, Integra ownership. Integra 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 NSX. <laughs> there we go. All your friends would be like, finally, <laughs> Dave. That's the top of the list right there. You finally worked your way through the Honda product line. We wound up at NSX, and now we're good. We're good. Exactly. Yeah, I like it. But you are a Mustang guy. You've had you currently have a Mustang that you really like. I I do think. Have you driven? Have you driven the GT three fifty, Dave? Because I think I think you're really going to like that car. Lots of good fun. So as a result, yeah. and, and I've said it before, and I say it again, it's the engine note is Chewbacca gargling, and I say that as a compliment. <laughs> it's a that. fantastic sounding car. I will I will also say this to you, Dave. I've said it before. I am not a Mustang guy. I would own a GT350. It is a fantastic yeah. car. It's on my probably personal top 10 right now. It's really, really good. So definitely drive that. But if you're going to be there, 
I got to give you drive homework. There's other stuff you need to drive. Fifty grand is a good budget. You've got lots of good mm-hmm. options. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought up the Cayman R, Paul. I'm just going to leave that there. That's excellent. You know, while you're driving the GT350, you've had some GM product, but not many. Go drive the Camaro ZL1. You think? I think you need. I think he needs to compare and contrast. I could see that being a Mustang guy. I bet he's willing. Yeah, I bet and, he's and, willing. And because because the Camaro or or whatever would just be the fun car. Yeah. Leave yeah. the leave the Cadillac V series off here. Go drive the ZL1 and see what you think compared to that Mustang. Hmm. Because I think it's a Pepsi or Coke discussion. It's a what's more you. And it may be okay. the Mustang, okay. but it might not be. I mean, you and I had that debate like crazy on that episode that we did, okay? Yeah. So I think you need to drive it. Um while you're there, you also have to drive the the C7 Corvette. Good. Good. I don't think you can drive the GT350 and not cross shop it with the C7 Corvette. It, it, they're right on top of each other. Yeah, as you've got to acknowledge budget. this car. You've yeah. got it. You've got to go drive them and have a discussion about it. Nothing wrong with just embracing full two seaters. And then, of course, that does bring up the ultimate dad car. I know it's a cliche, but let's talk about it: the 911, <laughs> the 2005 to 2012 997 generation 911. With 50 grand, you can get a gorgeous one. Our friend Ty here locally has one he bought about a year ago. Yeah, his little daughter Katie rides around in that, and they love it. True, he and his true. wife they just they drive it's a great it around. Point. You've got a little girl. You've got room in the back of that car. Uh, that is a fantastic road trip car. Uh, it's a great car. So and it's and it's yeah. the, it's the dad car. Let's be honest. That's what it does better than just about anything. Is, honey, I bought a full sports car. Oh, I have to take the kids to school today. Okay, we're still good. <laughs> Please, can I take the kids Seriously. to school today? So, so that's the thing about the nine eleven. Go go shop. Just at least shop around nine nine sevens because you say you've owned German cars, but there's you got a huge list of cars here. There's BMWs and Audis on here, but there's no Mercedes. Granted, they don't make a manual, but there's also no Porsche. That's a big hole in yeah. your experience there. Yeah, and I'm not even the Porsche guy. So drive the drive the 911. And then in the wild card category, because it, it, it overlaps a lot of these cars, but you can get it in a manual, and it is not like anything else you've owned. Go drive the Jaguar F-Type. Just go For drive 50K, one. For 50K, you can get one. You can go get a good one. one. It's a very different animal than everything else on the list. Go drive it. Buy yourself a fun car, Dave. Let us know what you find. I, I, I think the Mustang is almost the obvious car for you, which makes me want you, want you to drive it, but lots of other things, because I would love it. I would love it if you, the Mustang guy, drove the GT350 and liked it, but then drove something else that surprised you and just went, I have to have that car. That'd be a really fun story. That's I love it cool. when those stories happen. So let's see what you drive, Dave. I want to hear about it. Thanks for writing in. We are jumping to social media questions because we have so many. Thank you, Tons. Super cool. There's a controversial question from Derek Miller who asks us about Uh hitting or missing animals. And Mm. I think this is going to open a huge can of worms. Worms everywhere. Here's the question. I want to read it, and then we'll offer our perspective here. Okay. During driver's training class in high school, he was driving with his instructor. Okay. And on a quiet two-lane road, there was a turtle in his lane. Yeah. After looking for other cars, he moved over two feet into the other lane, but his instructor put a hand on the wheel and held it there until they ran over the turtle. Mm. He then informed Eric that you always hit the animal instead of changing lanes. And it has stuck with him for 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, 
Obviously, the situation could be very different if it were a moose. <laughs> you don't want to hit the moose. <laughs> Hitting moose is bad. Yeah. Deer is bad. Yeah. I would try to avoid. If I mean, there's been a few times when invert, inadvertently I, I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I was stuck, mm-hmm. and I unfortunately ran over the animal. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah, it's yeah. an awful feeling and an awful sound, and that yeah. is awful. Yes, it's Every, terrible. Nothing good about it. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, in your case, yeah, you should have missed the turtle. I, I don't agree with the instructor at all. I, I, it's, no, 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 it, okay. depends, it depends on the situation. If it's clear and you there was no other cars, as you said, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, we avoid I, – I avoid a, a paper sack or debris. I'm actively looking. You, you always avoid things, yeah. And, you're very good about that. And a yeah. small animal. I mean, potholes included in a yeah. small animal. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, there's no reason to aim for them or anything like that. Yeah. I, Yikes. Um, sometimes you can't always do that. Yeah. And in those cases, you, you can't. There's, it's not worth risking your life and wrecking the car mm-hmm. to avoid a small chipmunk. I, I hate to say yeah, that. True. It's, well, the, ultimately, all the damage that's going to be caused and the insurance going up and then mm-hmm. all that stuff. And you could possibly risk your own life. That's not good either. Yeah. It just depends. It D- really Derek, just depends on the situation. You're in Topic Tuesday land here. I don't, we're trying not to make it a whole other Topic Tuesday, but I think I, I think your instructor, as somebody teaching you, it sounds really cruel, that story, but somebody teaching you, I don't think he was wrong. But the problem okay. is, beca- because this is our natural instinct, is to avoid, but here's here's why I think... Are you thinking was, because he crossed the double yellow? No, I don't even think of that. I think because you're instructing and you want to put that... He put that in your head, and I think having it in your head is the right thing. Then you have to assess as an adult... What is the situation yes. I'm now in? Because if he didn't instruct you there, you would always try to avoid. And that's not always right. I think the biggest thing is you don't want to disrupt your car and lose control. True, which people your, have. Your road right out here, Paul, near you that has a lot of animal strikes yeah. and is really, really dark, a year or two ago, there was a, there was a, a mom and daughter, if memory serves, that was yeah, killed yeah. because deer ran out the front, in the road, and it was in the winter when the road was kind of slick. Yeah. And mom, if, if I'm remembering the story, I may be getting the story wrong, but she jerked the wheel at the last minute to try to correct, and as a result, had a fatal accident. Yeah. I mean, even just so, clipping the animal, even just so you're not upsetting the car too much is preferable. So if it's one of those things where you have distance... And which in the turtle situation you did, Derek, if you have distance to make a maneuver like you would avoiding a car or a pothole, you see it coming, you can maneuver right over here, you miss the animal, why not miss the animal? Right, right. But if it's a sudden thing and it appears in front of you, you need to hit it because True. that sudden last minute thing is probably going to cause you to lose control of your car. The problem with what I've just said is we as instinctual animals – We'll do the last-minute jerk maneuver, unfortunately. But it's yeah. that last-minute yeah. extreme maneuver. On a, you would never drive a car down the road and try to miss a pothole that you saw right as it goes under your car by jerking your wheel to one side of it. You'd never do that. You'd take you'd, the hit. You'd hit the pothole yeah. at that point. Yeah, true. You, but if you saw it, it's coming. It's 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 coming down the block here. You have time to get over nicely and maneuver. It's the same thing with the animal in a perfect world. We don't live in a perfect world. Be careful out there. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. 
it, it's distance based, isn't it? I, I think it is. You can't make an extreme maneuver. That's no. the reason. That's the reason for the instructor doing that is try to teach that. But he's not explaining it well. Agreed. Unfortunately, you can't apply that instructor knowledge or or instruction to every case. No, you can't make it a sweeping generalization. But the last minute. Really aggressive maneuver yeah. is is very problematic in a car. Yeah, yeah. Turtle survives. You don't. Not good. Yeah, that's the wrong equation. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right. What other questions you got? Uh, there are so many here. Uh, which one can I do quickly? Because there are a couple of. Oh, here's one. Way ninety five oh four on Instagram said, "Have I gotten used to my exhaust note on the Mitsubishi? I don't seem to talk about it anymore." <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Uh, no, I have not. I have not. The problem is, I have looked into what I need to replace, and it is. All of it. And I want to go back to stock, which, little side note, uh, stock exhaust parts are more expensive than uh, aftermarket exhaust parts in most cases. At this point, it, it's a budget discussion. I just haven't wanted to spend the over $1,000 in parts right now on this winter car. I've done other things like tires and, of course, had to replace a wheel when we had weird uh, slimy snow earlier in the year. I just haven't had the budget to throw down $1,000 to replace the exhaust. Yeah. So. Honestly, every morning I started, I'm just like, that's just too loud. But I'm dealing with it until I can afford to do the exhaust. Yeah, there's also a question over here. Christopher M. writes to us about the person who thinks the car with the best stats is the best car. I saw this, yeah. Honestly, I kind of think this is more towards a topic Tuesday than actually unpacking this. Because Mm. I'd actually rather give you some examples and kind of talk about this a little Mm. bit more in depth, Christopher. I like that. Really appreciate the question. But yes, we've all got and know know, friends that say, well, that's the best thing ever. Look at the stats. Look Mm -hmm. at the top speed. Look at what it says on the speedometer. That must be the top speed. The cars are best because of top trumps is essentially what we're talking about. Yeah. Let's unpack that for a topic Tuesday in the future, Christopher. Uh, There is a question over here that I do want to answer from David E. who asks, how has automotive journalism changed over the past 10 years? Mm. Vloggers, David. Vloggers. Yes, vloggers is a big one. And the other one that I don't like, I was thinking about this today, the other one I don't like is... And, and this is not automotive journalism. This is quote unquote, and you cannot see my massive like arm sized air quotes I'm doing. <laughs> journalism at large is doing this, and that is this: instead of creating content, journalism used to be I wrote an article about something I researched. True. So much content right now, written content, because we're all chasing clicks, is I wrote about something somebody else did. I don't like that in automotive journalism. Mm-hmm. I don't like, mm-hmm. I'm going to write about this big video that this other person did. Now, granted, I admit we have benefited from that exposure more than once. Okay? Sure. People have written about our video. Sure. But it's, it's passed off as journalism because I wrote three or four paragraphs about something somebody actually, somebody else created. And went to the trouble and, and, and effort to do. And that's counted as I'm doing journalism. I'm, I'm taking it way beyond cars here. I think that is that is a scourge because of the, I feel like there's 75% people writing and creating content, talking about other people's content, and 25% of people, maybe, even, maybe it's not even that high, actually creating content. And I'm putting that at large, way beyond cars. That has changed massively in the 10 years we've done this. Okay, so that opens up the can of worms about stock photography and stock video because you will not see any B-roll from the manufacturers taken by other companies or stock photography, whatever that is, in our content. We go True. capture that True. Yeah, ourselves. Yeah. We are actually driving the car. You probably see us in yeah, the car. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
we are actually capturing that rather than relying on <clears throat> Motor Week. The the external footage, the external B-roll taken. Yeah, a lot of times you've got the selection of videos, and here you go, and you can put it. It's like a clip show. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of whole YouTube channels that survive on using the uh, the marketing. Footage, I know. For sure. Yeah, yeah. For I sure. know. It's a, it's a thing. Yeah. It's proliferated for sure. It's a. It, there's a. There's a. Where's the line? There is the question. Vloggers yeah. and Lamborghinis. That's what's changed. That has changed. You're right. That You're didn't exist right. ten years 10 ago. Ten years ago, nobody was doing that. Lamborghinis are the best ever, and vloggers. Yeah. Interesting. And here's me brushing my teeth. Hadn't thought about that. That's Yay. fascinating. That's a very good point. Uh, let's see. Jason asked on Instagram, we've driven the Fiesta ST. Have we ever found it difficult to heal toe? I love this question, Jason. You're mm. loving your Fiesta ST. I don't know if you remember this, but watch our Fiesta ST versus Fiat 500 Abart piece. Because I mentioned in there, the Fiesta ST is a car you can heel toe. Yes, absolutely. It takes a little bit of getting used to. Now, every car is a little bit different. Some cars, you, whatever way you personally as a driver learn to heel toe, you'll find you get into some cars, you're just like, well, this is just easy. I can just do it. Other cars, the pedals are just far enough apart that you're like, I got to kind of retrain myself for this car. Mm-hmm. I personally don't find the Fiesta ST to be subconscious. I have to kind of get myself used to it, and then I can heel toe that car. The Fiat 500 Abart, happen to have pedal placement in such a way that the minute I get into it, I could heel toe. So I don't think you're crazy, Jason. I think that is an actual thing. But I also say stay with it because I bet you if you have that car a couple weeks, you're going to nail it and be very happy. Ryan H. on Facebook is asking about the Amazon GM Rivian partnership. He is feeling that the um... (laughs) Amazon GM Rivian brought to you by MSNBC, (laughs) sponsored by Coke. Exactly. Buy our pickup. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's, he's asking that this progression... He thinks this can only help the progression of the electric vehicle market and, of course, mm. the taking over of everything and anything by the Amazon empire. <laughs> They're going to own us all. It's frightening. Yeah, I know. So the second part to this question is, does this investment by General Motors make them look even more like the bad guys after the announcements of all the plant closures just recently? And, of course, all the, uh, mm. the laying off mm. of staff. Doesn't matter. Blue collar, white collar, didn't matter who you were. I think this is still developing And it's hard to say with any finality right now. I think right now Amazon is looking at investment in tech Mm -hmm. rather than the benefit of here's where we're going to take the car market. They just brought a, bought a bunch of Sprinter vans for home delivery. That's where their headspace is right now. Now, I, of course, have no insight to the mind of Jeff or, you know, any of the, the corporate dealings of Amazon, but they're concerned with home delivery at this point. I think that investment is more about pushing the EV market forward, mm-hmm. which let's see what the fruits of that will be. And we're investing in this tech company. And of course they're creating jobs and what the, the ultimate mm-hmm. pinnacle of the benefit will be. I, I don't know that they could answer that question at this point. Yeah. But sometimes when you don't have that piece of tech and you're going that direction, you acquire that or buy it or whatever that is, that might be GM's perspective. I can't imagine that they wouldn't be developing that on their own, mm-hmm. honestly, but maybe they're not. Maybe this does actually fill a hole in their lineup as far yeah. as where they could push tech and uh, a well, sub-brand. That's, it's weird. It's yeah, but weird. you know, Rivian, Rivian has really announced themselves with a full-size, what looks like, honestly, it looks like a, a GM or, or American truck style. They've got a great design. They've punched designers, Yeah, actually. and yet it's electric. So I can see GM wanting to just kind of have a finger on that so that they can be involved in where is it going. <laughs> and then Amazon yeah. wants to have a part of everything, so I see it there. And then Coke and Pepsi and whoever else sponsors and we'll see. It's still developing at yeah. this point. Yeah. Again, the ultimate, here's the benefit that we're going to get out by investing that money. 
I don't think they can exactly articulate that yet. Mm -hmm. Maybe they can, and they're not telling us. But Rivians are not in production yet, so how could they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, Let's see. Lex Triton on Instagram asked about drone shots. He said he just got a drone, and now he's noticing our drone shots a lot, and he's asking who flies the drone. The answer is both of us. We trade off on flying yeah. the drone. Yeah. It's interesting because I find, and this is just random, I find that my shots tend to be higher off the ground and very flowing <laughs> and cinematic. Here's, who, here's how you can spot seriously. who is flying. Seriously. <laughs> and Paul's shots tend to be very aggressive. He's hunting the car down. Yeah. And and yeah. not in a bad way. There are shots that literally I've gotten into post and pulled up a shot that, that Paul did with the drone and I'm just I'm jaw dropped that he first off thought to put the drone in that in that dive and secondly, how long he held that <laughs> shot. And then I'll get one that is just this big reveal of, of terrain and all that kind of stuff. That's how I shoot with the drone. There are exceptions, but generally the places where the two of us excel are those two places. But either one of us will just be like, Hey, grab grab a drone shot. They're they're fun. Question over here on Facebook from Anaswar J asking about Audi's performance lineup, given the current state of Audi's and the fact that Audi is slow to incorporate desirable performance and enthusiast cars into their performance lineup. Do you think the U.S. will ever receive cars like the RS6, RS4 Avant, mm, and the mm. RS3 Hatch, or will they forever remain forbidden fruit? I think it's a continual mind shift and Audi needs to be demonstrated to by all of us, the enthusiasts, that we will go consume and buy those cars. Mm. Yeah. Dodge's idea of performance is very different than Ford's idea of performance. Sure, sure, sure. You've got the GT350 and the the Shelby GT500 coming out, but Dodge's mindset is it's a very different ethos about what their performance cars will be. More power. (laughs) Mopar. Well. Done. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. So about Audis... I'd like them to introduce more cars to compete against the nimble BMWs. Mm-hmm. I would. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to see them do some sort of cool rear-wheel drive, fun, what's next after the TT? What's what's next? Mm-hmm. I see that. Yeah, you know, yeah. something yeah, yeah. pushing on that. But they're into the big high-speed Autobahn gigantic hammer that's going to smash everything. Yeah. That's yeah. Audi. There's always a faster car than you on the Autobahn, and I guarantee you it's a black Audi. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but it's always that discussion. I want to lead right into a great question here from Cold Iron, but it's always that discussion of the automakers will will make what we buy, and enthusiasts don't typically run out and buy the enthusiast cars new. And if everybody over here was clamoring for, I would really like the RS3 or whatever, they'd make more and more and more of them. Okay, but Cold Iron's question is very interesting. He's saying, I have a thought. Hang on. Why are we talking so much, you and I, why are we talking so much about how much whatever car, 1M, uh, C7 Corvette, the Aston Martin Vantage, how much they've come down in price and they're almost affordable? (laughs) What's wrong with buying these cars new and experiencing them? I actually like why he discusses it here. Experiencing them in their competitors in the moment of time in which they were made. Cold Iron, I love this idea. The Mm. problem is just one of finances. If you are a person of means to buy the C7 Z06, the GT3 911, look, I'll go up, I'll go further upscale, the 570S McLaren. Lovely. If you can buy one new, by the way, please do because of everything you're saying. I think having one when it is the moment of time, moment in time just dropped from the sky, I can't believe this car exists car. If you can experience it then, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. The thing that we talk about a lot on this podcast, and let's be honest, the only reason I own a Lotus Elise is because they finally got down to my budget. 
or my budget finally matched it, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> right, but right. that car's been thirty grand for ten years and been used. It's it's about. I like the fact that you can be an enthusiast and you can dream about cars that you can aspire to, and eventually you can probably get into that car. In many cases, <laughs> if you have <laughs> the means to go buy them new, please do because that tells all these manufacturers these people are out here and will buy these cars. Plus, it creates a used option later. <laughs> Once the budgets actually, yeah, when they all match. Fight, yeah. Draw, draw the line uh, from the budget to the car. It's cold iron and all the, and, and the rest of us. Let's all right. work together. We're all in this together. <laughs> we are. We, we really together. are. We're, yeah. I hear you. I can hear the next question after that, and that is, how do we let car companies know? How do all of us enthusiasts, how yeah, will they yeah. hear us? How do those executives hear us? One way is car shows. If you go to a car show and there is a car and car companies, mm-hmm. they bring out a car and they, they're wanting to hear some feedback. If you bury their people roaming the floor in, <laughs> this is the coolest thing ever. Please bring this. Please make this. I will buy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those people will go back to their managers and say, man. Yeah, everybody's talking about this. Hey, yeah. I yeah, just yeah. got steamrolled by the request for this car. <laughs> That's kind of what they're looking for. Those surveys actually kind of do matter because how do car manufacturers know otherwise? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not calling them. We're not you know picking up the phone and calling the studio or whatever. Email bombing them, yes. But they want to hear from us at dealerships and car shows. Yeah. Guarantee it. And if yeah. we walk in there and say, how come you don't offer this car? Please tell Audi, whatever that yeah. is. It might eventually work its way there. And if we were all buying them faster than they could make them, guess what? They'll make more. That's true. Very true. Question from Oliver real quick. I want to cover this just really in passing, Oliver. You said you've been driving a 2018 BRZ for about a year now. Congratulations. So you really like the car. You're thinking upgrades. Of course you are. Those cars kind of cry out for them. Uh, Chance had a BRZ. I had an FRS. You're asking about the header and tune situation. Does this help the car? Uh, we have a guy that watches the show. He's actually going to do motorcycle reviews for us. Nate still drives an FRS. He mm-hmm. went to a huge mm-hmm. like tune discussion dyno thing about yeah, everything cool. done to these cars and broke down all this stuff. He could probably get you a spreadsheet that would be frightening. But here's the short answer. The benefit of the header and tune, which I did, is you can actually tune out the torque dip, the dip you feel in the middle of the power band. You can actually just kind of flatten that out patch that over, if you will, so that it feels like a steady progression of a naturally aspirated engine. You haven't actually gained much power. It's just you've gained a usable, consistent surge, and that, I think, helps the drivability of the car just in feel. Even though it didn't get faster, it feels more usable and more ready to go. That's why I like that. But I did it with a header and tune. Chance did 75% of what I got with just a tune. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Question on Instagram from Ryan... C440, Radwood Austin was held at the driveway racetrack, yes, as new events like Luft and Radwood get uh, proliferated in lumber yards near you. Yes. They try to separate themselves from the stuffy golf course concourses of old. What do we think would make the best venues to highlight cars and their design going forward? Mm. College campuses. Oh, just about okay. every city in town has a college, a university, or a junior college, or some kind sure, of trade school. Sure, How sure, about yeah. the campus of that? Either a, a cars and coffee, mm-hmm. or even better, on the campus. They usually have a pretty good amount of parking for people that want to attend, mm. and either on the in the parking lot itself or on the grounds, maybe on the grassy yeah. area yeah, yeah. surrounding the the sculpture donated by the multimillionaire. There yes. you go. That's that's where we have this new venue. <laughs> it brings people on campus. Yeah. People who are attending there get to kind of participate. Yeah. It's a great way to get the word out because 
college campuses. There's always yeah. so much going on. I kind of think that's a, a good way. I like that. My alma mater, Arts Center, actually started a car show. They've gone way off the deep end, and they started charging too much money because I spent a whole bunch of money on school. I'm not going to pay you 80 bucks <laughs> to go to a car show there anymore. <laughs> it's on your lawn. Yeah, no. that's funny, yeah. So, <laughs> alumni privileges shouldn't matter, folks. Exactly. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Just let me in. Anyway, I, I think campuses could be an interesting like thing that's to a good explore. Idea. It's a really good idea. Hey, you know, maybe instructors teach there. You know, it could bring a different, mm, diverse like audience. Yeah, that's good. I'm thinking uh, something like that. Guys, thank you so much for your questions. We are really, really appreciative. And, uh, yeah, keep asking. There's stuff we didn't get to. Keep asking. And yeah, uh, sure. hopefully we'll pull some more of these and uh, get to them on subsequent podcasts. We're looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>